0: these truths that become so rock solid, amen. so bedrock when we are going through these, these trials and travails of the Christian life.
1: Welcome to Biblical Counseling in Action, I'm Steve Byers and this is a podcast that addresses questions like, how do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry? What does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry? or our ladies Bible studies, or our men's ministries, or the way leaders function together, or the way decisions are made in the church. And what does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained, or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life. That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action. Today we're talking to Pastor Lance Quinn, who has served for seven years as a senior pastor at Bethany Bible Church in Thousand Oaks, California. Lance is in the process of transitioning ministries, and there's some exciting things happening in that particular aspect of his life, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Lance and I have been friends for 30 years, and have had the privilege of serving together in the biblical counseling movement in various ways, including on the board of directors for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Lance's wife, Beth, was promoted to heaven after an extended battle with cancer. Many of us have prayed for this dear couple and this dear family, and their story really is a wonderful example of biblical counseling in action. Lance, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here and sharing with our listeners the lessons that the Lord has been teaching you and your family through this significant trial. And I wonder if you'd just start by telling us a bit about Beth and the family that the Lord's given you.
0: Well, it's good to be with you, Steve. I'm so appreciative, not only of the opportunity to minister to others through the podcast, but just the friendship that you and I have enjoyed over those 30 years. You've been a dear friend and a great encouragement. My dear wife, who I was married to for 33 and a half years, Mm. I met when I was a seminary student, and she was one of my seminary professor secretaries.
1: Oh, is that right? (laughs) And
0: when I saw her, I said... I would like to date her. Hmm. And the more I got to know her, the more I fell in love with her, of course. And we dated, were engaged, and married in five months.
1: Is that... I did not know that.
0: (laughs) Because when you know, you know. know, People ask me today, if you had to do it over again, what changes would you make? And I would say, well, I would marry her sooner. (laughs) 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 Because she's a very godly, elegant Eminent Christian woman hmm. now with the Lord, but I knew immediately that she was the one for me because she was, her godliness was so apparent. Hmm. And the more I knew her over those three plus decades, hmm. the more evident that became. Isn't that something? We have eight children together, hmm. no twins, <laughs> no adoptions. <laughs> we had a couple of miscarriages in there, but. Beth was pregnant, I think, 10 times in about 13 years. Wow. So that was a very, very busy time in our (laughs) lives. A productive time. (laughs) Particularly her. (laughs) And um, so we wanted to have kids early and often, apparently. (laughs) And uh, she just loved the children. She adored them. They adored her. Hmm. She was a godly wife and a godly mother through the entirety of our marriage, She was an eminently lovable pastor's wife Mm -hmm. who, through my years at the Bible Church of Little Rock in Little Rock, Arkansas, 15 years there, uh, seven years at Bethany Bible Church, and even prior to those two ministries as senior pastor, 10 years at Grace Community Church in Mm -hmm. Southern California. So, all through those married years, which were ministry years for us, Beth was just the consummate, eminent Christian lady. She was so precious in terms of how she ministered both inside and outside the church. And it was in December of 2017, I was preaching in Baltimore, Maryland, and I got one of those calls that you never want to receive. She called and said, I knew something was wrong, Lance. And Lexa and Lisa, two of our daughters, took me to the emergency room, and they found a large tumor mass Mm. on the left lobe of her lung. Mm. And they said, it has already, we can tell, metastasized to your brain. Mm. So even that early diagnosis was stage 4B, which is the very last days of someone's life. Mm. She gave no indication from the day before, the month before, the decade before, any sickness, any issues, any trouble whatsoever. It was that shocking. Mm. So I took a long, long, late night, overnight flight back to California, mm. crying mm. in the back of a plane, asking the Lord for mercy. Mm. And I got to the hospital about four in the morning, and I clutched my wife. Mm. I couldn't let her go. Mm. We cried, we prayed, we cried, we prayed some more. Mm. And then that morning, though I wasn't supposed to preach, one of our other elders was preaching in my absence, and I said, I think I need to communicate with the congregation, Mm -hmm. because I knew the word would get out very Mm -hmm. quickly. So I mentioned to them that morning what I just told you. Mm -hmm. And of course, there was no dry eye in our house, Mm -hmm. the house of the Lord. And for two years and four months, she battled in a regal way. Mm to withstand the ravages of cancer, hmm. curse of sin on the earth. Yeah. But on March 30th, just as COVID was hitting, she went to be with the Lord. Hmm. She died on 3.30 in 2020 at 4.40 p.m. <laughs> wow. So it'll be forever etched in my mind. Absolutely. So we learned so many lessons through that two-year and four-month period, and of course, myself, about 19 months since then. Marriage, parenting, Mm. ministry, and life. The Lord sustained us. We grew immeasurably in that time. Every day I looked in the mirror and saw the mortality of my own life as I age. I watched her do so knowing that she was near death Mm. at any moment. And I learned so many lessons just by watching her just by watching her die daily, which is of course a lesson that all of us should learn because should. Scripture says we're all dying daily. Mm-hmm. But I did see what Paul talked about when he said, though the outer man is decaying, the inner man is being renewed day by day. Wow! So she taught me both how to live and to die.
1: Hmm. Lance, can you tell us a little bit about how did you get involved in biblical counseling? How important has that been in your life and ministry? And then we'll try to connect those two stories together.
0: Well, I'll tell you how it first happened. One, I was ministering at Grace Community Church, John MacArthur being the pastor there. And he sent me on a journey to meet Steve Vyers <laughs> and Faith Baptist Church. And that was, at the time, an opportunity. Bill Gude was the beloved pastor there. That's right. You were his associate. And John sent me because he knew that biblical counseling was what we needed to do, but we needed to know how to do it effectively. hmm so, I went to one of the conferences and I met you men and instantly fell in love with yep. the ministry and learned a great deal about how to set up a biblical counseling ministry in the local church. And so, after having had some dialogue with you men about how to do that, as you well remember, you were so gracious to send Dr. Robert and Leona Smith, That's right. who are both now with the Lord. That's right they came for about a two-and-a-half-year period mm-hmm. and helped set up not only a biblical counseling ministry at Grace Community Church, of which I was one of the beneficiaries, but also the undergraduate degree in biblical counseling at the Master's College.
1: Isn't that amazing?
0: It's, to this day, the foundation stones that were laid that continue to bear their fruit. Yeah. So that's how it started. Dr. Robert Smith taught me how to counsel biblically and how to counsel, especially as a pastor. Hmm. Functionally, not just theoretically. Biblically, not just ethereally. And because of that, I'm forever in the debt of faith ministries in Hmm. general, and particularly the biblical counseling ministry.
1: So you talked a little bit about when you first received the news of the diagnosis Can you tell us about the first weeks and months, how did Biblical Truth and what you had learned in counseling and were using in your counseling ministry, how did that guide and sustain you? Well,
0: the first thing that comes to your mind is why. Hmm. Why her? Why now? Our ministry was going very, very well. And with our limited view of God's plan and purpose, you make assumptions. All of us do. Hmm with our eight children, now six of those eight married, with many grandchildren. (laughs) You just assume that you're both going to live to a ripe old age, and his plan and purpose was becoming very evident that the challenge of our mortality, especially with regard to the ravages of cancer, was going to change everything. Hmm. But at the same time, you also recognize that It's time, not just as leaders and a pastor and his wife, but as a Christian, Hmm. as a Christian family, how do we act upon what we believe? Hmm. I can honestly say, both then and now, that my eight children who all profess faith in Christ, live for Christ, their spouses living for Christ, we're attempting to live out our theology. Amen. We believe God is sovereign. We believe that He has a good plan. Psalm 119, 68a says, God is good and does good. Hmm. And if you believe that, then the challenge is, in the greatest trials of your life, are you going to apply that truth in the moment and in the season? And for us, it was an opportunity to say, we really do believe in God. We believe He has a plan. We believe He has a purpose. And all the people that I have counseled biblically through the years, as has Beth, This is now a season for us to show them that what we were saying to them was not airy-fairy. It was not pie in the sky. It's real. It's raw. It's in living color, though that color at that time was black and dark, was an opportunity for us to say, this is what we believe. This Hmm. is what we cling to. We are like those who believe and hope as over against those who have no hope. Hmm. And we clung to that. I remember taking Beth to every single chemotherapy session. Wow every surgery, every opportunity for a scan, a check on her health, the spread of the cancer. We prayed every single time in the car. Hmm. Sometimes we were weeping,, yeah. sometimes with sadness and sometimes with joy. Hmm. And because of that, as we held hands together, we knew that we were living in front of our own children. Hmm. We were living in front of those grandchildren, we're living in front of our church folk, and we're living in front of a watching world. And if as counselors, if as guides, if as Christians who want to show the maturity of our faith, if we're not living that out, then we're most to be pitied because we're not living in faith.
1: You know, we were praying before we started recording about the men and women who might listen to this podcast in the future. And part of our prayer is for anyone who might hear this who doesn't yet have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that they would say, I want that because I need something other than myself in order to sustain me through this difficulty. Or someone who would say that they're a Christian, but they're not as familiar with the word of God. It's our hope and our prayer that they will turn to the sufficient scripture as a means to guide them and sustain them through the trials of life. So can you tell us a little bit about just how the Lord has sustained you since Beth's homegoing?
0: Well, it's been it's been the best of times and the worst of times. Mm. In one sense, the best of times because I've seen great growth in my own life and growth in my children, mm. growth in our church. But I've also seen what I think are mile markers of the trajectory of my life. How do I respond. Do I remarry? Hmm. Do I stay single for the sake of the kingdom? How do I parent my own children and grandchildren without their mother, yep. their grandmother? I mean, these are very practical Absolutely. questions, and they're life-altering. Hmm. So it's caused me to grip and regrip grip on the truths that you just talked about, and that is having the assurance that I'm on my way to heaven, hmm having the joy of the Lord, the joy of His strength in my life, but also the opportunity to look at the trajectory of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Where, where am I headed? How can I maximize my life for the sake of the kingdom? So right now, I have made a transition. I'm going to be the executive vice president of the Expositor Seminary in Jupiter, Florida. Hmm. So I'll be leaving Bethany Bible Church, and I will be going to Jupiter, Florida to look over an 11 campus ministry of a seminary, 11 churches around the country who embody the Expositor Seminary, and how we teach and how we train. And because of that, it is going to be a move, which wow. can be traumatizing, especially for my kids, my mm-hmm. grandkids, because the patriarch is not going to be right there. <laughs> yeah. But even in that, Steve, I think it's a way for even my adult children now, in the trajectories of their life, to become stronger because they're going to need to mature in greater ways if I'm not just five minutes away. Yeah.
1: Wow. Can you talk a bit to counselors? You know, I feel so inadequate in so many different ministry situations, and it does remind us as pastors and just Christian ministers of what Paul said in 2 Corinthians, who is sufficient for these things and thankfully a few verses later we read our sufficiency is of god but can you talk to us from the perspective of someone who would be counseling an individual who was going through this kind of trial or maybe freshly going through the grieving process any words that you would have just to help guide us
0: you know my mind immediately as you ask that question goes to second corinthians chapter one Hmm. you know the comfort that we receive from God, Mm -hmm. and in my case, and I think every Christian's case, God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who tenderly, even with groanings too deep for words, to borrow the language of Romans 8, Mm -hmm. He's interceding for me, to the Father.
1: Isn't that amazing?
0: And then I look at the book of Hebrews and how it says that Jesus is the great high priest and that He ever lives, even now, to make intercession Mm -hmm. for us. Amen. I I think of these passages where I know that I have the two greatest prayer partners in the universe. (laughs) Amen. The Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus. And so when you think of what you're going through, and then as you try to help others to biblically counsel them as they go through all the challenges of their life, it's to show them both how you're living it out, but also to remind them of passages like these 2 Corinthians chapter 1 Romans chapter 8 Hebrews chapter 7 hmm. and a myriad more passages to be able to show them that the word of God is the sufficient source that allows the holy spirit to use what we know what we've learned and what we're achieving by application hmm these truths that become so rock solid, so bedrock, that when we are going through these these trials and travails of the Christian life, including the loss of a spouse Hmm. or any trial, is to say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Hmm. I believe in the Word of God. If the Holy Spirit is the author of the inerrant Word, and if the inerrant Word is the sufficient source for all of life and hmm. godliness, Second Peter 1, 3 yeah. and 4, then we have at our disposal everything we need for life Amen. and godliness. And when we apply that truth, it is that which becomes balm to our soul hmm. in the greatest ravages of life.
1: You know, it's interesting that you told a bit of your story that included Bob and Leona Smith, and how God brought them to Grace Community Church for a period of time. Doc Smith just loved the Word of God, and you couldn't have a conversation with him without learning something else from the Word of God. And that was all those years ago, decades ago. And who would have thought that that training would not have only been part of your preparation for counseling, but also part of your preparation for handling this... So difficult trial.
0: Unmistakably. And because of that legacy, we then must look and be faithful ourselves to the next generation. That's right. That was part of what actually spurred me to take this new position, because with young men wanting to train them for ministry, and not just in theology, not just in biblical languages and church history and Mm -hmm. hermeneutics and homiletics and apologetics, (laughs) but counseling. Yep. Shepherding and ensuring that these young men, as they're pastorally mentored, they are able to be competent to counsel, hmm. as Romans tells us. And we then stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. That's right. And we must be faithful so that those who come behind us will find us faithful.
1: Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for giving us the time. And for those listening, I hope you'll, as You have the occasion, would pray for Pastor Quinn, pray for his new ministry in Jupiter, Florida. Would you pray for his eight children who are grieving and for the grandchildren, just for this dear family, that God would provide all that they need as they continue to walk in him. And let's pray for one another. You never know who's gonna get that next call in the middle of the night about a unforeseen cancer diagnosis or whatever trial it might be. And it's so important for us to have the kind of loving relationships with those the Lord has placed around us so we can together walk through these trials in a way that honors Him. Lance, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, my brother. You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org. Or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training, go to faithlafayette.org slash conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts, and you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.